Chapter thirty three of Chicot the Jester by Alexander Dumas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia. Chapter thirty three How the Duke d'Anjou learned that Diana was not dead. The month of April had arrived. The great cathedral of Chartres was hung with white, and the king was standing barefooted in the nave. The religious ceremonies, which were for the purpose of praying for an heir to the throne of France, were just finishing when henry in the midst of the general silence heard what seemed to him a stifled laugh he turned round to see if chicot were there for he thought no one else would have dared to laugh at such a time it was not however chicot who had laughed at the sight of the two chemises of the holy virgin which were said to have a prolific power and which were just being drawn from their golden box but it was a cavalier who had just stopped at the door of the church and who was making his way with his muddy boots through the crowd of courtiers in their penitents robes and sacks seeing the king turn he stopped for a moment and henry irritated at seeing him arrive thus threw an angry glance at him the newcomer however continued to advance until he reached the velvet chair of monsieur le duc d'anjou by which he knelt down he turning round said bussy good morning monseigneur are you mad why so to come here to see this nonsense monseigneur i wish to speak to you at once where have you been for the last three weeks that is just what i have to tell you well you must wait until we leave the church so much the worse a patience here is the end indeed the king was putting on one of these chemises and the queen another then they all knelt down and afterwards the king taking off his holy tunic left the church now monseigneur said bussy shall we go to your house yes at once if you have anything to tell me plenty of things which you do not expect when they were in the hotel the duke said now sit down and tell me all i feared you were dead very likely monseigneur you left me to look after my beautiful unknown who is this woman and what am i to expect you will reap what you've sown monseigneur plenty of shame what do you mean cried the duke what i said explain yourself monsieur who is this woman i thought you had recognized her then it was her yes monseigneur you saw her yes and she spoke to you certainly doubtless you had reason to think her dead and you perhaps hoped she was so the duke grew pale yes monseigneur continued bussy although you pushed to despair a young girl of noble race she escaped from death but do not breathe yet do not think yourself absolved for in preserving her life she found a misfortune worse than death what is it what has happened to her monseigneur a man preserved her honor and saved her life but he made her pay for this service so dearly that she regrets his having rendered it finish well monseigneur mademoiselle de meridor to escape becoming the mistress of the duc d'anjou has thrown herself into the arms of a man whom she detests and is now madame de montsoreau at these words the blood rushed furiously into the duke's face is this true said he Pardieu, I said it, said Bussy haughtily. I did not mean that. I do not doubt your word, Bussy. 
I wondered only if it were possible that one of my gentlemen had had the audacity to interfere between me and a woman whom I honored with my love. And why not? Then you would have done so? I would have done better. I would have warned you that your honor was being lost. Listen, Bussy, said the prince, becoming calmer. I do not justify myself, but Monsieur de Montsoreau has been a traitor towards me. Towards you? Yes, he knew my intentions. And they were? To try and make Diana love me. Love you? Yes, but in no case to use violence. Those were your intentions, said Bussy with an ironical smile. Certainly, and these intentions I preserved to the last, although Monsieur de Montsoreau constantly combated them. Monseigneur, what do you say? This man incited you to dishonor Diana? Yes. By his counsels? By his letters. Would you like to see them? Oh, if I could believe that. You shall see. And the duke, opening a little cabinet and taking out a letter, said, Since you doubt your prince's words, read. Bussy took it and read. Monseigneur, be quite easy. The coup de man can be executed without risk, for the young person sets off this evening to pass a week with an aunt who lives at the chateau of Lude. I charge myself with it, and you need take no trouble as for the scruples of the young lady. Be sure that they will vanish in the presence of your highness. Meanwhile, I act, and this evening she will be at the chateau of Beauget. Your highness's respectful servant, Brian de Montsoreau. Well, what do you say, Bussy? I say that you are well served, Monseigneur. You mean betrayed? Ah, true, I forgot the end. The wretch! He made me believe in the death, woman! Whom he stole from you, it is black enough. How did he manage? He made the father believe you the ravisher, and offered himself to rescue the lady, presented himself at the Chateau of Beauget with a letter from the Baron de Matador, brought a boat to the windows and carried away the prisoner, then shut her up in the house you know of, and by constantly working upon her fears forced her to become his wife. Is it not infamous? Only partly excused by your conduct, Monseigneur. Ah, Bussy! You shall see how I will revenge myself. Princes do not revenge themselves. They punish, said Bussy. How can I punish him? By restoring happiness to Madame de Montsoreau. But can I? Certainly. How? By restoring her to liberty. The marriage was forced, therefore it is null. You are right. Get it set aside, then, and you will have acted like a gentleman and a prince. Ah, <laughs> said the prince, what warmth! You are interested in it, Bussy. I? Not at all, except that I do not wish people to say that Louis de Clermont serves a perfidious prince and a man without honor. Well, uh, you shall see. But how to do it? Nothing more easy. Make her father act. But he is buried in Anjou. Monseigneur, he is here in Paris. At your house? No, with his daughter. 
Speak to him, Monseigneur, that he may see in you not what he does now, an enemy but a protector, that he who now curses your name may bless you. And when can I see him? As soon as you return to Paris. Very well. It is agreed, then. Yes. On your word as a gentleman. On my faith as a prince. And when do you return? This evening. Will you accompany me? No, I go first. Where shall I meet your highness? Tomorrow, at the king's levee. I will be there, monseigneur. Bussy did not lose a moment, and the distance that took the duke fifteen hours to accomplish, sleeping in his litter, the young man who returned to Paris, his heart beating with joy and love, did in five to console the baron and Diana the sooner. End of chapter 33 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia